Welcome to the Self-Improvement Book Club with Rachel. Today's book is The Highly Sensitive Person's Toolkit, A Strategy for Thriving in an Overstimulated World by Alison Lepkowitz, LMFT. I absolutely love this book because it has some great tips for anyone that identifies as a highly sensitive person. And that is about 20 to 30% of the population is highly sensitive. And it's a biological trait, not a mental disorder. So what is a highly sensitive person? They have sensory processing sensitivities defined by four primary indicators. One is the depth of processing. So they take in a high degree of sensory information and subtle things in their environment to create a whole picture. So their brain is just processing every little thing around them. The next one is overstimulation. They become both physically or emotionally overwhelmed by the environment. The next one is emotional responsiveness or empathy. So they have strong emotional responses to stimuli or the ability to feel other people's emotions. And finally, they have subtle stimuli awareness. So they're able to pick up on nuances in the self and in the environment. Now, the cool thing about highly sensitive is it shows up in the animal kingdom as well. So about 20 to 30% of animals are highly sensitive in terms they are able to assess their environment, blend in, see little patterns in the animal world to survive. And this book goes over skills that can help a highly sensitive person in a predominantly non-sensitive world. One of those skills is being able to advocate for oneself or self-parent. Now, self-advocacy is a vital skill for highly sensitive people because in the outside world, people don't understand some of the sensitive person's needs or nature, and they have to make adjustments in the environment or in their relationships. So how does a highly sensitive person do that? Some of the skills include observing the quality of your mind. What does an overstimulated mind feel like? Is it happy, sad, nervous, angry? What are the quality of thoughts that are present when you're feeling overstimulated? Then observe the quality of your body. What does an overstimulated body feel like? Is it tense, tingling, buzzing? What qualities or sensations are present? And you must observe the clues. So the cues and the clues are when the mind and body are overstimulated. Can you notice without judging or wishing them away? And then what do you need in that moment? Often highly sensitive people need plenty of alone time or downtime. Even if they're extroverted highly sensitive people, which is... The rarer of the two types, because most are introverted, about 80% are introverted, 20% are extroverted. But even the extrovert who's highly sensitive needs plenty of alone time to get away from that overstimulation, to ground themselves, to feel safe again, to feel comfortable, to be in a space where they're allowed to decompress. 
Here's an example. Let's say you go into a busy grocery store and your mind is filled with nervousness. There's a ton of people there. You're only getting a few items, yet it's super crowded. It's loud. Maybe kids are crying. And you're starting to feel really overstimulated because maybe you even had a busy day at work. After realizing and observing all of that, you may need to go home and decompress Go to your bedroom, go under your covers, get some quiet time, listen to some music that calms you. Do things that you need to do to help you come back to regulating your nervous system, which can be learning things like how to self-soothe and working on our own self-cleaning oven. So step number one is obviously learning awareness of when you are overstimulated And then once you develop that awareness, you can name some of the emotions, process them without judgment. So one of the best skills is to say, hey, this is the way I'm feeling, whether it's frustrated, overstimulated, and then processing those feelings. Acknowledge that you have the right as a human being to feel good feelings and bad feelings. And remember, feelings are just feelings. You don't have to act on them. They can just be like a wave. They will come up, get big, and then crash down and leave. Because highly sensitive people are empathetic in nature, sometimes it's often hard for them to set boundaries or say no in relationships. So learning how to set healthy boundaries in personal or work relationships is vital. So some of the skill sets here is to first be aware of our personal and professional boundaries. Then we note when people are crossing or violating those boundaries. You know that bad feeling you get when someone violates your boundaries, like your stomach knots up or your body reacts in some way. Something just doesn't feel right. So take note of that. (laughs) Acknowledge you have the right, highly sensitive or not, to have boundaries always. And recognize that boundaries exist for a reason. There are rules and structures in our relationships to keep us safe and protected. So even though boundaries are hard, it's definitely helpful for highly sensitive people to work on learning the skills to set them. In my therapy practice, working with highly sensitive people is one of my very favorite things to do. Because oftentimes there is this feeling that they are different or something is wrong with them when, in fact, I think sensitivity is a superpower. There is nothing wrong with having a high sensitivity. The world needs highly sensitive people. They are excellent leaders. They often promote teamwork and see things that other people can't because of their depth of processing. Highly sensitive people are also naturally talented at healing others as well as themselves. And remember, highly sensitive people can both be introverts, extroverts, or a little bit of a mix of both. But the way the world is today, it's very high paced and there's a lot of pressure to work and live at a speed that's overwhelming and overstimulating. Therefore, the weaknesses of highly sensitive people is that they can struggle with the issues of time, being on time, how to properly manage the pace of their day. They can be ones that hit the snooze buttons or struggle more to get out of the house than their less sensitive peers. 
I mean, I know I get overwhelmed when I look at my emails daily. It's just so much stuff coming in and it it is overwhelming. Therefore, highly sensitive people can feel like their sensitivity is not a gift and it's actually a weakness because they might see other people that can deal with this fast-paced daily life thriving in it and enjoying it. So even though it is a double-edged sword being sensitive because it's a lot a lot coming in. It's exhausting sometimes because if you're getting a lot of stimuli and it's making you tired and you need more breaks than others, or those strong emotions are just draining at times, then that's understandable to both love your sensitivity and be very exhausted by it at the same time. Now, here's a fun fact. Out of the highly sensitive people, 30% are high sensation seekers. This means they're drawn to more enjoyment from high sensory activities such as loud, soul-enriching live music. They crave novelty, variety, and exciting experiences. So just because they enjoy these activities does not mean they don't need downtime after. So it's really important if you're a highly sensitive person and maybe an extrovert that likes these loud concerts, a variety, more excitement, that you plan for downtime afterwards. If you relate to this, just remember after going to a concert to plan downtime. Another fun fact is there's different types of highly sensitive people. There is the emotional type. So this might identify with more of the empathic qualities. They truly feel deeply. They feel what other people feel, can understand other people's emotions. They really bond with animals or other living creatures. And then there's the imaginative type. So these highly sensitive people are more likely to become writers, poets, filmmakers, comedians, or any type of artist because they have this rich inner world inside their head and they're able to create and imagine things that other people can't. And then there's the intellectual highly sensitive people. They are deep reflective thinkers. They tend to have a knack for recalling information, which makes them really skilled problem solvers. They truly have a desire for truth and logic and can become very frustrated with themselves and others and the world at large when things don't make sense. They are those children that asked, but why until they're satisfied? And then there's psychomotor, which is a strong drive and high energy levels are the hallmark of this highly sensitive person. They love intense physical activities and sometimes, although maybe not gifted, they like athletics. Then there's the sensual type. These are the highly sensitive people that exist in the world where all five senses are greatly enhanced. This type may experience music, art, food, or anything that appeals to the senses as almost a spiritual experience. Their heightened sensitivity can lead to issues with food. Maybe they're considered picky eaters, even in uh, adulthood. They can be more prone to sensation-fulfilled addictions than other types. One skill this book teaches you is how to write about your best day ever to imagine and practice for a day with optimal stimulation so that you don't get 
overstimulated. So in a journal or wherever you like, write about your perfect day. In the journal, you'll write about what you would like to see, smell, hear, taste, and touch. Break your day down to three categories, morning, midday, and night. For example, the morning might say something like, I see the bright sunshine beaming through my window. Or I pet my cat in the morning and snuggle with him before enjoying the day. And you would do this for the afternoon and evening and writing about your ideal day and playing with some possibilities to see how you can incorporate more pleasurable sensory moments in your daily life. Although our days can't be perfect, it's possible to create these more quiet moments so that you can deal with the busy ones. Other things that highly sensitive people may have trouble with is social anxiety. Our sensitivity to the world in social situations is not because we are weak or ill-suited for the outside world. It's because they are truly biologically wired this way. So develop compassion for your unique brain chemistry and learn to work with it through the acquired skills in this workbook. Managing how to interact with others in social situation creates a wonderful opportunity to practice skills such as we talked about before with self-advocating and setting boundaries, as well as strengthening and honoring yourself and your sensitivity. Being authentic and respectfully communicating and setting healthy boundaries are vital for a highly sensitive person in their relationships. Now, surprisingly, highly sensitive people can be a little closed sometimes and try to hide that side of them from the world, probably because they've been told all their lives, you're too sensitive, or they've gotten a general feeling like something's wrong with me. Therefore, it can be hard to open up to others in relationships and show themselves. So being able to do that in a safe way is really important. So enhancing healthy boundaries is an uncomfortable skill and it can be daunting sometimes, but give yourself compassion, patience, and just practice. And this can help strengthen and deepen your most intimate relationships. And remember, despite the status, length, or circumstance of a relationship, if it feels toxic, abusive, you can always have the right to end a relationship even if it's with a family member. Sometimes there's nothing we can do to change a relationship despite our best efforts to set healthy boundaries or try to love someone the best we can. Because this is really hard for sensitive people to walk away from another person because they're so compassionate usually for their situations and they understand their emotions. So if you're finding yourself having great difficulty or experiencing a high level of anxiety or overwhelmed, at the thought of asking for your needs or setting boundaries or ending a toxic abusive relationship, look for a deeper reason for your internal resistance. And if you're in therapy, it'd be helpful to discuss the topic with your therapist. If you're not in therapy, consider going and seeing is this healthy or not. Highly sensitive people also tend to be perfectionists sometimes because they want to do tasks correctly so bad and they want to do it well the first time. 
Though perfectionism isn't always a bad thing, this driver can hinder a highly sensitive person from approaching new experiencing, or they try to avoid mistakes. And mistakes are such an important part of the learning process. So what can we do about this if you notice you are a perfectionist? This is a practice that you're able to do to tolerate mistakes. You're going to do intentional things small things to make mistakes. For example, you would go to a restaurant and order something incorrectly or something that's not even on the menu. You may take the wrong way home from work or school, or you may intentionally make a small mistake like spilling or knocking something over. And you then tolerate the discomfort of the mistake so that you start to build your muscles of trying to tolerate that discomfort. Here are some more tips to keep you happy and healthy as possible. Make mental health a priority. Be aware if you're under higher stress or have experienced a recent trauma and take extra care of yourself emotionally and physically if this is the case. Make sure you're getting enough sleep, hydration, you're eating properly, and getting enough downtime to regulate your nervous system. This toolkit has so many great tips in it. I really, if you're a highly sensitive person, I really recommend you pick it up and read it. I barely scratched the surface with this one. I just pulled out a few main points in it and hopefully you enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to seeing you at next week's Self-Improvement Book Club. Have a great day.